Hey guys, here to talk about the Olympics. What we saw last week with Xander Schauffele winning the gold. And we'll preview the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational in Memphis this week. An elite field. Half the field's come back from Tokyo. Half are rested and ready to go. We'll talk about that. Rich Trojanowski joined me to break the odds down. We go through the field. Give you some thoughts on who we like. And we also talk about the Olympics and uh, some of the other events as well. We've got a huge month of shows coming up in August. Football is coming. It is like six weeks away. So we got divisional previews for each of the eight divisions. So eight shows coming. We'll do over-under on win totals. We're going to do... Prop bets, uh, division winners, um, you know, potential Super Bowl winners, what those preseason odds look like, MVP, um, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of football discussion in the next month. So here we go. Here's our podcast on the WGC this week. Welcome to Your Best Bets, coming a night later than usual. We're recording this on a Tuesday night of the WGC FedEx St. Jude Week. It's a, it's a mouthful. I think it's the third WGC of the season we'll be talking about at this point. Um, we'll get to that later in the podcast. Uh, Got to review the Olympics. Uh, we saw Xander Schauffele win the gold. Uh, we'll talk about him, what this means to his career, and uh, we'll talk a little about a little bit about the Olympics. If uh, it, you know, a little diversion from normal. Uh, joining me for the first time on the golf show, and I guess he, I guess he's now a recurring guest uh, since I think this is the third or fourth time. Is uh, Rich Trojanowski? Rich, what's uh, what's good in Texas tonight? Oh, hot weather, you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah, uh, like probably like triple digits right now, right? No, it's nighttime. So, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm great. Uh, yeah, it's been at least uh, four times, no, three times. Yeah. Been on the show and I really appreciate being on here every time. So talking to my, my friend, uh, Phil Miller. Rich with the, uh, he got the late notice. I was going to need him for tonight. He, he came through in a pinch. So really clutch, uh, clutch pinch hitting tonight by Rich T. Um, Rich, I'm excited to, to kind of talk about what we're going to see this week uh, at the WGC. Uh, limited field, no cut event. Those are always really tough to diagnose and even tougher this week with you got maybe 20, 25 guys, and I don't know the exact number, coming back from the Olympics, coming back from Tokyo. Um, you got other guys on on a lot of rests, um, and then some of those guys haven't been playing well. Um, so there's it's, this one's really tough to diagnose, so I'll be excited to talk about it and see what we can figure out. But first, uh, Xander Schauffele wins a gold at the Olympics, and uh, I, I think it's probably no secret that anyone that's listened to this podcast for – I guess since last November is that um, I've given Xander a lot of shit um, and I'm not sure if Johnny has or if any other, our other golf guests really have, but I have because um, 
I think his last PGA Tour win is it was at the end of 2018. So we're talking about three plus years since he won on tour. Now this doesn't account this doesn't count for an, as an official victory, of course, but it, it does seem like this is pr- somewhat meaningful to his career. Um, it seemed like it meant a lot to him. You know, I guess his dad was a decathlete um, that he was training back in the 70s or 80s. He got hit by a drunk driver. It ended his potential Olympic career. So his dad um, was kind of instrumental in in his inspiration to win this week. Um, I still have a lot of questions about him going forward as uh, with his career. I still want to see him close better and um, win more. But uh, nonetheless, it was an impressive performance. He really held on. He beat Rory Sabatini by a shot. He had to get up and down for par on the last hole. Um, Hitting the trees. He hit the trees in the drive. He had to to pitch out, and then he hit it, stuck it to like four feet on his approach and made the putt to win. So Xander is the gold medalist. Your thoughts? Now, I really really think – I was telling someone the other day that um, I I felt like this is going to – launch him into something big you know i started following him on instagram too so i don't know if that's part of that whole <laughs> launching into stardom type thing but you know it's everywhere now holding the gold medal i mean i know i get it the whole you know tournament is a little bit easier you know with the people that are in it um but to perform the way he performed for four days was spectacular and you know grabbing the goal for the u.s and because i was I was putting my money on uh, Hideki for the mm-hmm. DFS because I'm just thinking, you know, home country. He's got the he's got the Masters this year, so you know he's a superstar in, in Japan right now. So just that was that's where my money was going, and even in the fourth round, I, it was I, it was still there that he was going to pull it off and come with the victory and ended up getting out of the first hole of uh, the playoff or bronze. So, you know, good congratulations to him and, you know, the silver medalist, um, Sabatini, which 10 under in the final uh, round is. So, <laughs> I mean, the, the story behind him playing for Slovakia, first of all, he's from South Africa. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, He's won a few times on tour, had a nice career. He's in his mid-40s now, but a couple of years ago, he he got uh, citizenship with, <laughs> with Slovakia because his wife is Slovakian. It's a wild story. Second it's wife. it's second wife. It's easy to kind yeah. of make fun of the whole thing, but, man, the guy did it. He came through in the clutch at the last, the last day of the Olympics. I mean, he shot 61 with two bogeys, and uh, he really had a chance to win the gold for a while. And like you mentioned, there was a, a massive playoff for the bronze. Um, I think it was seven guys, and um, I had to catch up the next day because I fell asleep. But the, yeah, you know, the, the CT Pan wins, wins the bronze, which is probably the biggest moment in his career. Um, so I was happy for a couple of those guys. Um uh, Paul Casey going in the last day. I really liked his position. I think he was two back, but Paul Casey does what he always does, which is he flies really close to the sun for three rounds of a tournament, and then he kind of fades at the end, and that's what he always does, and that's what he did uh, Sunday. But can, can I ask you something? Um, um, I you know you know Xander wins the gold, and you know they're up on the podium, and um, 
and, and, and I guess this goes for any Olympian I've seen this week or last week and a half is, you know, for the, for the, you know, photographers, they, they take a bite out of the gold. What the fuck is that? Oh, you know? no, I think it's, um, you gotta like te- test the strength of it or something, I think. But why, just why? Sure. It, it, just to make sure it's real? <sighs> It's like, yeah, it's like a, like a thing to prove that it's actually gold, you know, you're like, I actually won the gold and I can tell by Manchi on it. I, I, I gotta tell you, it's, it's, <laughs> it's been a pet peeve of mine the last week and a half. Every, every athlete I've seen that wins a gold when they take a damn bite out of the gold, I just, it really irritates me. Um, How about the, the narrative that like the whole COVID thing, they weren't allowing people to, they're saying don't do that to the gold medal you know oh was that was we're still doing it that was that was a news article i saw but yeah okay. thing i wanted to mention about the olympics before we move on is just the tv coverage like just how quick it went from golfer to golfer and how you got to see so many shops from different golfers did you notice that at all i did that was great and uh, and here, here's a couple thoughts on that, because, you know, I'm a coverage freak and uh, it, it just varies by network. But anytime um, and, and I don't know, I don't know the technicalities of the Olympics. I don't know if they were going off a different feed because they're in Tokyo. Some of the Golf Channel crew is back um, in the U.S. doing the, you know, the broadcasts. A couple guys were on site. Um, but anytime the Golf Channel does a broadcast, there's more golf shots shown than uh, when CBS for sure, and then even NBC, and I know NBC um, has an ownership stake in Golf Channel, but when NBC has the, the actual broadcast, there's so many commercials, and as opposed to Golf Channel where they just show actual golf shots, um, it's really refreshing when um, there's there, you know they're not it's not just the commercials, it's it's when they do stories or they do they take five minutes and run a story about a guy, and it's something you might already know. Um, you know, at that point, you're, you're tuning in to watch golf. You, you want to see shots. You want to see guys make putts. And another pet peeve of mine, Rich, is when they show guys tapping in for par from like six mm. inches. You know, they'll say, oh, let's go back to, you know, number six. So here's Xander tapping in for par. Don't show me. I don't need to yeah. see him making a six-inch putt. I'd rather, yeah. yeah, I'd rather see another guy hitting an iron shot or drive. Um, so coverage has – it has – so many issues overall, but the Olympics were good. I just wish it was, um, you know, it wasn't on, you know, at 12, one o'clock my time. Um, oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. Um, but, but of course being in Tokyo, that's just the way it fell. Um, and other final thoughts I had on the Olympics, um, Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy, um, they both were exemplary in their comments about the Olympics, how great it was. Was it a little overdone? I, I thought maybe um, Rory basically coming into the Olympics said he, you know, he wasn't necessarily, you know, thrilled to go. But at yeah, middle of the week, middle of the week, he came out and said it was great, that it exceeded his expectations. He can't wait to get back. Uh, JT said it's the best thing he's ever done. Again, I don't know how true that is. I mean, if JT wins the Masters I, next year, I don't know if he's going to be saying the Olympics trumps that. But um, kind of interesting to hear all these guys come out with positive comments about it um, when there was some sort of question uh, prior to it. To me, Rich, um, and I said this on the podcast with Johnny last week, I, I, I don't feel 
I don't feel like it's like the fifth major. I, I would place, you know, a win this week in a WGC, which is an elevated event above it in my mind. Um, but that's just me. And, and so maybe this is golf's just so new, you know, 2016, 2020, that that's the only two since what, 1900. Yeah. Um, so maybe it needs to gain some steam before like people like me just need to, you know, place higher importance. What, what, what was your thought on, on, um, I guess the, the week and Xander's win it, to you, is, is it just as important as a major or is it below that? Oh yeah, definitely right up there because I'm looking at excitement for the game and those moments in the third round and the fourth round were just so super exciting, just like the masters and, you know, the, the open was even exciting as well, but just, the majors present far more excitement and the WGCs too um, than just these other tournaments. And the, I think the Olympics are certainly up there with the excitement that was built from that. Imagine if there was, you know, I don't know how many fans could sit in that place, but plenty of seats around the greens there. So imagine what it was like there. I mean, it could have been a whole different story with the deck you with, you know, yeah. 30,000 people yelling his name or chanting in Japanese, you know, so it would have been incredible. Um, so I think yeah. the next four years, it'll be, and that's another thing is the rarity of the Olympics adds to the excitement as well. So um, I, I was thoroughly entertained until I fell asleep, obviously. So, you know. And that's the one other thing I was wondering, I wonder how different it would have been if, if it was, there's fans, um, yeah. you know, fans there, you know, around the 18th green, like you said, full capacity. Um, instead, it was super limited, and there's, it was kind of weird. You know, you're coming down the stretch to win the gold medal, and there's there's this, this eerie silence happening. And um, I just so, wonder, I wonder uh, what would have, how it would have been different with fans there. Yeah, the commentators were even mentioning that, like, you know, the help, you know, the, the people there, the volunteers were all congregating around the last group there with. Hideki, you know, and just it started growing. Just, I mean, it shows you how much different it would have been for the hometown, um, home country person to excel in that situation. I don't know. So where was the Rio? I guess they don't really have many golfers in Rio, huh? So, Well, they built the, the Rio Olympics. That they built they built a course just for the Olympics and then hopes that it was going to be the launching pad for golf and i did see a follow-up story during the week that it, it kind of has golf has really caught on in that in that city starting from this 2016 Olympics, which is kind of cool good. yeah but uh i don't have any other thoughts beyond that um uh i, I did think J justin thomas was going to start faster he didn't he just was real super slow he finished kind of kind of strong but it was too little too late and uh anyways happy for xander um but again i still have questions about just his tour career um like i said he's obviously a top 15 player in the world he's strong um I, he's just gonna have to take a next step kind of build that sure. respect, respect that I have for him. Have you been watching any of the other, um, any of the other sports or the events the last week and a half? Yeah, I watched some uh, beach volleyball, you know, some of that. 
and definitely swimming, obviously. <laughs> I didn't watch any track. I really should, you know. I ran track in high school and stuff, but no, I really haven't been watching much except for golf, you know, that consumed most of my nights. And then, yeah. you know, how much else after that? Yeah, the uh, the swimming was – Oh, uh, skateboarding. Of course. Which in the men's, like, freestyle was another Japanese guy, and he won, which made me – which happened before the golf and made me think – Okay, here we go. Because yeah. all the commentators are talking about this guy is about to be a superstar, and you know Hideki's already a superstar. You know, just here he is, home country, win this thing, and he doesn't. <laughs> I I agree. I did I did think of on on the last day for Hideki. Um, yeah, I, I I watched quite a bit of the swimming last week, the first week. Uh, you know, pretty impressed with Caleb Dressel, the American who won. I think he won five golds. Uh, a little bit of the track the last couple nights. Um, yeah, it's been decent. It's it's not totally my jam, but I'll uh, I'll tune in for a, for a second or two. Um, so um, now we're back into a a week where there's actually two events on tour. Um, the, you know the WGC in Memphis this week, um, and then there's an opposite field event, um, the Barracuda, which I, we're not going to go into, but um, might show up on my my picks that I give out tomorrow. Um, I might have a couple of guys that I like there, but uh, we're going to talk about the WGC FedEx Invitational. This this event moved to Memphis last. I don't know. I think it was was it last year. Maybe it was two years ago. Oh, it was two years ago. This event used to be in Firestone, Ohio, which, by the way, which is a course that I played, and uh, I'm so glad it moved because Firestone was the most boring golf course that I've personally played. I couldn't believe it was a tour course, but uh, TPC Southwind is, I think, a pretty good golf course. It really, um, it really values guys that are really striking the ball well. And I know you could say that happens every week, you know, but uh, last year, last year, Justin Thomas won this tournament when his strokes game putting for the week were in a negative. Uh, That's how bad he putted. He still won. So it showed a, how well he hit the ball last year and B that he could get away with putting poorly just because the course really values uh, total ball striking. So this is a par 70, so there's only two par fives. So it devalues sort of the guys that take take advantage of the par fives. Over 7,200 yards, Bermuda grass greens. Um, so with the WGC, obviously it's a limited field. Only 78 guys are in the field this week. It is a no-cut event. Um, so talking about the top 50 in the world, and then there's some additional guys that fill out the field as well. Um, WGCs to me, Rich, and if you look at the last five years, the cream always rises to the top of these events um, over four rounds. Dustin yeah. um, Wilson has dominated the WGCs for a while. I think he's won six of them in his career. Um, um, I mean, if you just look historically, you know, JT won last year. Um, uh, you know, Brooks Brooks won this tournament two years ago. Um, oh, yeah, so, second last year too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and and that's that's another thing I want to talk about this golf this golf course is this course just used used to host a regular event on tour and then it got an elevated event, but this is sort of a horse for course um, 
golf course where if you play well, you seem to always play well. The guys, the three guys that come to mind right away are DJ. He's won multiple times here. Daniel Berger, he won his first two events here in his career. And then uh, Brooks recently with a first and a second. Um, so like I said at the top, Rich, it's really interesting um, feel because you have guys that like a Colin Morikawa, Rory McIlroy, Paul Casey, these guys are coming back from Tokyo. Um, of course, Xander, he's, he's in the field. Um, these guys are coming back from Tokyo, and you wonder, A, how much are they going to have in the tank? Are they going to be jet-lagged? Um, you know, emotionally, are they going to have that energy to pour into an event versus a guy like Brooks or a guy like DJ who have been home and they're rested and they're going to a course that they're really – you know, they're, they've dominated, you know, it's, it's hard to balance, you know, what you value, but what do you, what, what's your thought on that versus, you know, a guy that's rested versus a guy that's, that's played last week and he's got to travel. Well, especially traveling, you know, what is it? 18 hours or something, you know, difference, I think. Yeah. yeah I mean, the time zone and the, the lag has got to be there. And, and that's what I'm seeing across the board here um, is that, these people are going to lose <laughs> some value, you know. You still got Colin Morikawa at, you know, up in the you – know, everyone's still up there because, like you said, cream is rising to the top in this tournament is what I'm seeing most people are talking about. So um, I really believe that I'm not willing to put money on, honestly, anybody except for Colin that played in the Olympics. I'm, I'm thinking anybody that did not play in the Olympics would be a much safer bet. And again, I'm looking from a DFS standpoint um, rather than the overall winner standpoint or top five or top 10, but those still are, you know, factored in there and, you know, points wise. So, and Colin, I think has the best opportunity of those group of people um, to succeed well, because, of his ball striking. We keep talking about, you know, this course is for the ball strikers. So Colin's the best, you know, right now. So he definitely has the biggest chance to outright win or top five or top 10 that came back from the Olympics. Uh, yeah, that's a good place to start um, because you're right. I mean, there's just not a better ball striker in the world right now than Morikawa. And, uh, you know, talking about what I think really rates out well here is is total ball striking and then a, a stroke gain approach. Um, you know, so we know Morikawa is the best iron player in the world. We know it's not even close. Um, uh, so he, he doesn't have to be long here. It's not necessarily a really long golf course. So he's just got to get the ball and play off the tee and let his irons do the talking as usual. And then just figure out a way to not be terrible on the greens. And when he does that, he usually wins um, like he did at the open. Um, one other stat I was looking at as well was um, bogey avoidance. Um, you know, usually the winners between 10 and 14 under par, it's not, not, not significantly tough, but it's not like it's going 20 under um, so guys that can also just figure out a way to make pars in certain holes and just keep bogeys off the card. Oh, and shocker Morikawa rates highly in that he's second in the field in that set as well over the last 24 mm. rounds. So, um, putting that down. So, I mean, just, just if you kind of combine some of these stat models, I mean, Morikawa rates out unbelievably well. And, uh, but guys, I mentioned earlier, Berger, he, he is, 
he's really solid in a couple of these areas as well. Um, and I got, I got a couple of guys way down the board that I think are kind of interesting this week too. So let's start at the well, top of the board. Oh yeah. One more thing. Yeah, no, like I was, I was listening to the Pat Mayo show and, you know, they're talking about how, um, you know, they're not even betting on these lower people. They're just betting on the top people only. So, I mean, I, well, I think, I, I think it goes back to the point that, uh, that, you know, these WGCs, it's really only the elite players usually winning, uh, you know, guys yeah. that are top 20, top 30 players. You know, doesn't always work out that way, but it sure seems to be the case. Again, if you look at the last five years of WGC results, it's it's the best players winning. Yeah. All but right. So where, where are you going? Top, so top of the board, Brooks. And by the way, I yeah. can't remember the last time Brooks has been an outright favorite for any time. It was pretty recent. Maybe it was a DFS one we went on. What was that one? US Open? No, he wasn't favorite there. No, he wasn't. I was wrong. Uh, but Brooks is is the favorite at plus eleven hundred. These are odds on on DraftKings. Um, you got a bunch of guys right there coming up behind him. Spieth at twelve hundred. Morikawa at twelve hundred. Xander at fourteen. JT at eighteen. DJ at eighteen. Um, so. Rich, I made a couple bets today, um, and I don't know if you've heard me enough talk about this, but I just have a rule of thumb: when elite players drift toward twenty to one, I just, I just they're kind of an auto bet for me. And and to me, uh, an auto bet is Dustin Johnson at eighteen to one. It's not quite twenty, but it's close enough. And I know that there's definitely questions with his form, um, but he did have a pretty good tournament at the open he had one bad round that took him out of it on saturday but he had a top 10 finish there and with his success at this tournament i just feel like i feel like it's gonna pop and i don't want to be late on dj and um i don't want to miss out on it and i feel like if there's ever a week where it's gonna happen it would be at um this golf course so i i love him at 18 to 1 um yeah i think I mean, I think his game's coming around, and we talk about the guys that played last week right above him, you know, Orikawa, Xander, JT. Um, I mean, you could argue that, you know, probably one of them shows up and plays well, but I'd rather have the guy that's been at home rested and uh, ready to fire. Yeah, I mean, another cool stat I heard on that show was that he has, you know, some streak of every year – winning on tour every year since 2009 you know they weren't sure if it was every season or every calendar year but you know that's still an amazing stat that you know he's accomplished so it's going to happen and is it this one or is it the 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 next i think there's like a one minor tournament next next week the the window next week yeah yeah, yeah, so the Wyndham, yeah, a lot of the top guys won't play the Wyndham, the guys that maybe try to get in the, the top 125. But, yeah, yeah, so we'll get that. And then we got the three playoff events, and that's it. Um, yeah, I like uh, so, DJ so, for sure. So you, and you mentioned Morikawa, and I, I, I think I would agree with you based off the other guys that are un, the under 20 to 1 guys. I mean, I don't I don't see an argument against Morikawa. Um, well, Louis is at 20 to 1, right? Louis is at 20 Denver. to 1. Yeah, so that's that's sort of the next group. Um, yeah, there's quite a few that are between twenty and thirty to one. Louis, oh, okay. Berger, um, uh, Rory at twenty two hundred. Uh, 
Hovland at 25. He's coming back from Tokyo. Cantlay at 25. Webb, who's been really quiet this year, at 28. Paul Casey at 28. Scheffler and Fitzpatrick at 28. Um, there was one other guy today, Rich, I made a bet on, and he's in this in this group. Can you guess who it is? I'm going to go... Go Scotty Scheffler. God damn, that is really impressive. <laughs> You're like a mind reader. Um, yes, it was Scotty Scheffler. Um, I think he's I think he is so due to win the golf tournament. And I, I saw I saw I saw a really interesting stat on him, Rich, and I, I forget where I saw it today on Twitter. Um, I wish I saw it, but or I wish I knew where it was, but um Basically, it was referencing how well he plays in the bigger tournaments in the majors compared to his finishes in the lesser tournaments. Um, here it is, actually. So this year at the two WGCs and the three majors, he's finished fifth, second, eighth, third, seventh, and eighth. And then other yeah. the, the last few minor tournaments, 54, 47th, MC, 47th. Um, so to me, he's a big game hunter. Um, also rich is, uh, one of these things where I think he has some motivation and, and to me, the extra motivation is the Ryder cup. He is, he's on the outskirts. He's kind of in the mix for a potential pick. He's going to be one of these young guys that could potentially make the team with a strong push to the end of the season. Um, I don't know. I kind of love Scheffler. He just figures out a way to make a ton of birdies. And uh, I think he's just way due for for a win. Um, is there any other guy well, that you you mentioned, Louis? Uh, um, is there any other guy in the twenty to to twenty eight range that that you think's got a good shot to win the tournament? Uh, yeah, no, I I'm seeing a lot about uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. I really think he's got an opportunity. The last one he finished eleventh in the workday. You know, and I think last year he was in the top 10 as well uh, for this one. So I like Matt Fitzpatrick for sure as well to come across. Um, you know, just picking down, in, would, would this be considered the deep of the pack, the 20 to 30? Well, I, I would say anything over 50 would get, that's where it gets kind of, Kind of deep. Deep. I, I mean, okay. I think there's a lot of guys here that you could argue offer some pretty good value. But again, so it's, Bryson, it's, 35, you know, plus 3,500. I mean, yeah. I know he's going to bomb it nonstop, but I feel like you still have an advantage there, even if you're in the rough. You know, this rough isn't too thick right here. So people can hit, you know, a nice 120 shot out of the rough, you know, driving it real far and 90 out of the rough. To get it there. The problem is with Bryson, betting on Bryson is going to be water, I think. You know, how many water the balls are going to be going in the water here in this uh, tournament. So he'll be one of the top people to hit in the water. Um, but I got to go Victor Hovland, you know. I mean, he's just – he's so – it's like glitter right now, you know. Eventually it's going to turn to gold, right? I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I like, feel, like you, feel like you set that line up like you were like today. You're like, I'm going to use that line. Glitter turned to gold. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Literally just came to me. <laughs> but Victor's right. just, I mean, he's a cool dude. You know, he's just, I love he's it. calm and man, he's, so cool. he's got it in him. 
Uh, real quick on Bryson. You, you, I mean, if you want to talk about my rule of an elite player drifting to 20 to one, then Bryson's way past that at 35. It's a great number. Um, I don't know how you'd have much confidence in picking him to win based on his just yeah. what's been happening the last, I don't know, two months, I guess really since the U S open, the U S open, he had a great chance to win, didn't get it done. And then it's been kind of a, kind of a train wreck since then. He, you know, his caddy, they, they broke up his, just his results haven't been great. He had the whole thing with the, his driver, all the comments at the open. Um, I don't know about the golf course fit. I, I don't think he, I th- you, you know, we mentioned, you mentioned, you know, the rough not being maybe a huge deal. I, I agree with that, but it is, there is a lot of tree lined uh, holes at this course. And um, you know, if you're not hitting it, you know, if you're not hitting it in play, that's where I just feel like you can get in trouble. I don't feel like he has to hit driver. Um, I wouldn't hate anyone saying, you know, uh, just just based off of the number alone, I would auto bet Bryson. I, I would get someone doing that, um, and I don't probably from a I, I would I would I I guess from a DF, DFS standpoint, I'd prefer him as a, a win bet versus a DFS this week though, because I don't know what he's going to. He's get not hitting birdies. He's not hitting birdies because that's what matters is hitting birdies in that. So yeah. you know, so you don't think Bryson's hitting birdies. This week, yeah, right? I, just, I just have a lot of questions about where he's at mentally and, and all that. Um, uh, let's see, past 30 to one. Um, uh, so Harris English at 35 to one, I think is kind of interesting. He's been playing some really solid golf, he just won pretty recently. Um, you know, is he gonna win again? I always kind of throw those stats like, you know, it just doesn't doesn't compute that Harris English could win three times in a season, but it's, I guess, you know, he's close. Um, um, you know, I always, I always, my eye always goes to Tony Finau when I see him this far down, but yeah. 45, but um, I'm just, I just kind of quit Finau for now until yeah. he actually wins. Um, but um, the, the other two guys that I've bet on rich down here are uh, Corey Connors at 55 to one. And he is coming back from Tokyo, but um, just the most elite ball striker who has zero putter. Um, but if there's any course that Which might, is negate, okay. yeah, it might negate it would be this, this type of golf course. And then Jason Kokrak at 60 to one, mm. a guy that's won twice this year. Um, he's on the verge of the Ryder cup potentially. Um you know, I just think that's a that's a wild number for a guy that's that's really been playing some really really good golf for a while. So you betting him to win, or are you going like top five, top ten? What is he at top five? Do you know? Top five's plus eleven hundred, which is a pretty good number. Mm-hmm. I, I bet him to win because that is like sixty to one. I think that's that just that's really nice. Um, Why is Will Zalatoris still, you know, down there? Like he's higher than Jason Kokrak. I don't understand I, it. You think he should be lower? Yeah, I, I, I do too. He hasn't. He hasn't. He's cooled off quite a bit, and and he had the rib injury at the, at the open. And uh, so yeah, he hasn't been playing that well for for a little while now. Um, now now I think it's he's this high in the eyes. It's kind of like the Ricky Fowler effect. Like it's it's he's going off a of name value now. Um, sure. But uh, the last guy I want to talk about that was kind of in this range, though, that rates out unbelievably well this week. And he's been hitting it great for, I don't know, the last 
24 rounds is, is Sergio at plus 7,000. Man, I was um, just thinking that. Yeah, total boss. Save brain length right now. Total <laughs> total ball striking. He's um, he's third in the field behind Colin and Brooks uh, as far as just factoring play off the tee and approach. So he's third. He can't putt. He's really been struggling with that. But, um, I mean, he might just give himself enough chances to, to get in the mix. I just think he rates out really well for this golf course. Um, so for me, he, he's going to be able to score well, right? In DFS, right? Like you think he's going to. It just depends on the there. price. I don't. What's his price? Yeah, I mean, he's idea? low. Oh gosh, he's low. I mean, seventy three hundred. Seventy three hundred. Oh. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's almost. Uh, I bet his percentage is going to be really high. You think so? Mm-hmm. In big context, I bet it would. I mean, I just think that's insanely low for how well he's been hitting the ball. Yeah. Um, two other guys that I did bet. I, I know I go crazy, um, but I, can't, I couldn't believe how far down he was. Was uh, Max Homa at plus thirteen thousand, hundred and thirty to one? Max did win. He won at Riviera in February against a super elite field. Um, his other win a couple years ago against a super elite field. Um, so maybe he's just a big game hunter. Um, I just think, again, if I'm just basing it off the numbers, Max at 130 to one is, is kind of crazy to me. Um, or if you just even want to pare that down and go to a top 10, that top 10 plus 900. Um, so that's a couple guys down the board. I like um, there, there is some, there's some, you know, some big names down here. Matthew Wolf's down here. Uh, he's, he's at 100 to one, but I just don't. I don't Stuart know Sink, think. 13. Stuart Sink, 130. Um, Brian Palmer. A lot of these guys are are you know have won this year or they've been in the mix. Um, they've had good seasons, and then it gets you know, um, kind of the the field fillers really down here but i don't know if you have any other thoughts from a dfs standpoint this week rich um that's that's kind of what my thoughts are as far as betting i have a couple of the elite guys i like a couple of the mid-tier and then a couple down down the board yeah you know i mean when i when, when you said this i'm like okay i'm about to use what phil was thinking betting wise or winning wise towards dfs wise and so far, it's going pretty good. So I think it's mainly because we're on the same page, you know. Yeah. Sergio certainly has an opportunity to be there towards the the end, you know, even being way down here. So that's going to be a big value pick for me when it comes to trying to fill my lineup. But honestly, I've been getting into the whole uh, snake draft, you know, where that just takes away the whole ownership thing. You're only getting – you know, you're only owning this this one person's only owning this one person, you know, and it's just um, far better watching because now I'm rooting <laughs> against that person. Um, and usually I get a lineup that I'm looking for because most people just go right down the lineup versus I can simply try to choose verse off a of stats, you know, and I think these people are picking names. So, you know, the top, mm-hmm. top 10 go really fast, depending on, how many people we have and the scoring is a lot different in the snake draft than the major tournament ones where you have classic or showdown. So um, a lot lot different strategy, but um, I am really liking, liking Louie, Louie this uh, weekend. 
I really am. I think uh, his I mean, ball striking has been yeah. superb as well. He's arguably been, I mean, without winning, he's been, you know. Yeah, his game is on. Like I said, he's probably been one of the point. three or four best players on tour this year. He just hasn't won. But he's damn close every week now. <laughs> um, yeah, but so yeah. last 24 yeah. rounds, we got Colin, number one in DK points, and Louis, number two. So, you know, they're both of those two are putting the ball very close to the hole and making birdies, you know, yeah. which is the main thing. Go ahead. What are you saying? Um, no, I was going to say from a DFS standpoint, obviously when there's no cut event like this, it changes your thought process because, you know, part of, part of the whole game of getting or doing DFS is how can I get six of six through to the weekend, right? But now you don't yeah. have to worry about that as much. So you're just focusing on the birdie makers more, more or less, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, birdie is definitely – uh, more offsetting than bogeys and pars. Like you can make 10, no, you can make 15 pars and still not make as many as like five or six birdies, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So certainly emphasis is on birdies. So, um, and yeah, not having cuts is <laughs> definitely an advantage to someone who likes to pick further down, you know, the FOMO, uh, feeling that I'm going to miss out on Sergio or, you know, that may be my FOMO pick down at the bottom. I think yours is definitely Max Homa or maybe even uh, what was the other one? Down the board. Yeah. I was thinking Scotty Scheffler. That's the one you don't, <laughs> you really think he's going to win. And that's, that's great. You know? Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. We Johnny and I talked about this last week. He kind of has this Brooks Kepka feel to the start of his career that Brooks had, and uh, he played Brooks played really well in majors for a long time before he won one, and when he was super young. And Scheffler's kind of the same start, and I just need to he sees a breakthrough, and I, I really think he's I don't know if he's going to be a super superstar on the Brooks level, but I think he's going to be a really good player for a long time. And I just, is he I, a guy I, that you've put a lot of money on? This year, um, I've probably bet him to win a couple times, but not probably not a ton. No, yeah. probably not a ton because right. the problem the problem is in, in elite fields like this, he's not he's usually probably plus four thousand ish, and then the weaker fields where he's at the top, you know, he's not he's almost unbettable when he's one of the favorites because, you know, I'm just looking I'm looking for the world where I I perceive value. Um, based on the number the I'm not, and I'm, yeah, I'm not always betting necessarily the name. I'm sometimes I'm betting the number and, and that's, that's of kind of the, kind of the case with a guy like Max Homa, 130 to one. I'm not, you know, is he probably, is he going to win this tournament? Probably not, but damn at 130 to one for a guy that kind of has proven that he can kind of go win these big tournaments. I'll take a chance. I mean, I don't have to bet a lot to get a huge return. You know, a five dollar bet on him at one hundred thirty one is a six hundred fifty dollar win. Yeah. You know, so for people out there that have a limited budget, you're looking for a big potential payout. Um, you know, that's something to look at. Um, you don't I, live in Texas. That's right. You gotta live in Indiana. It's one of the few times it's better <laughs> to live in Indiana. Um, yeah, one. <laughs> uh, something else I I I do every week 
And I, I kind of, I usually put one of them out in my picks as first round leader. I love these. They're so much fun for just to pay attention to the first round and make you really care. I hit one in Detroit and um, uh, the kid from Georgia, uh, he led after the first round. I, I, gosh, I can't remember. Oh, Davis Thompson. He, um, he was a hundred to one. I hit him that week on first round lead. It was my first one I've hit in a year. Um, so I do about five of these every week. I love Sam Burns for first round lead this week. He's been a fast starter all season, um, 60 to one to be first round lead. That's going to be one of my picks. Um, I also kind of like Cameron Davis as well. Um, he's at 75 to one first round leader. and, uh, get, get these picks out sometime in the evening tomorrow. And, uh, that's about all I got, Richard. Any final thoughts? Oh, man. You know, I really enjoyed watching Sabatini go 10 under <laughs> in the Olympics. That was just. You did it for Slovakia. Amazing. Did it for Slovakia. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think this week is going to be um, just a, a top level place. And what I do with DFS lately is I just wait to see how the people are playing. So I don't play until maybe round two, but definitely round three and four. And just so I have a good idea of how the field is playing, you know. So if I got any advice for anybody, just start slow. <laughs> let, let the field settle before making uh, big bets. You do um, – I mean, have you done the weekend only DFS where after it starts Saturday? Yeah, I've done it a few times. Um where you it, it, it takes, the last around, yeah. And it takes finishing position out of the points, correct? It's, no, I think they're in the points. I thought. Oh, I thought um, it just I thought it just took into account just just your just I'll have to go back and look. Yeah, I guess I haven't played that one much. I do like playing an all round one, at least one of those, like a twenty dollar one, where the payout's gonna be pretty decent. Um, I like to play one of those for sure. All right, Rich. Um, I think we're going to wrap it. Um, appreciate you coming on in a, in a pinch. I appreciate your thoughts yeah, and analysis, you. and uh, it was fun. Definitely. Good talking to you, Phil. Yeah, and and soon enough, uh, I don't know, next couple of weeks we got to schedule it, but uh, we're going to be breaking down the AFC South. I can't wait. Do it. Uh, football analysis. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be hitting all those really hard each division. Um, so you're going to be representing the AFC South and talking about your Texans and Colts. <laughs> the Colts are now a mess with Wentz being out, Quentin Nelson being yeah. out. So people here, my Colts fans that I'm around, they're going crazy. I love it. Yeah, who's um, taking that division? Jeez. Got me the Titans for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, follow us on uh, Instagram and Facebook, Your Best Bets. Uh, we got a ton of shows coming in August. Football's coming, and then we'll have some golf, obviously, like we always do. So thanks again for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Next time.